Did you know that BDSM and kink are healthy outlets for aggression, imagination, and attention? Hi, and welcome to The Partition, home of kinky wellness. My name is Dana Slosser, and I'm a sexual wellness coach that dives deep into all things kinky. I'm here to show how BDSM and kink deserves a rightful spot within the sexual wellness conversation. So, let's talk about it. Hey, and welcome back. Happy belated Valentine's Day. I hope everyone had a sassy and spicy day and night. To celebrate the day I love, I will be dedicating this episode to talking about the different types of intimacy. As much as everyone thinks everyone out there is having sex, they're not. So let's break down the other types of intimacy that differ from sexual. In 2019, Washington Post came out with an article called More Than Ever, Americans Aren't Having Sex. The article went on to say that 23% of men between 18 to 29 had not had sex in the past year, which was double the amount between 2008 and 2018. Now, two of the reasons that were stated why the number could have doubled is that young men are more likely to live with their parents than young women. And of course, technology. Obviously, if you live with your parents, clearly it's going to be a little bit harder to bring over people as freely as you would if you lived on your own. And with technology, sex is just at your fingertips. Another interesting stat that the article shared was the share of people who are having sexual relations once a week or more was at 39% compared to 51 in 1996. Now, this 40% of people that were meeting up with someone once a week was in 2019, but that number must be dramatically lower after the last three years. Um, if that was just a couple of years ago, and even without all the things that have happened, we have this media culture built up around unrealistic expectations of both men and women. And in regards to men not having sex as much, I'm starting to actually see discussions popping up around how young men are entering college and even well into their late 20s as virgins. And I do believe that these unrealistic expectations around men are a big part of that problem. I actually saw a TikTok of a girl who was crying because she never looked at a man who was under six foot and all of a sudden she had met this man who was five foot nine or something like that and he was just like the nicest man she had ever met and in this video she was just so overwhelmed with her realization of her role and how her dating history was going which is good but this whole you know guys need to be six foot or above is ridiculous like I really did think that was a joke at one point but now I look back at it and I do see that I also you know, early in my 20s held these really ridiculous standards that don't make any sense when it comes to actually connecting with someone. And, you know, it can happen by accident. We build up these walls or we have so many requirements that we do miss out on really good opportunities to build intimacy with someone. But that's the question. What is intimacy? You know, I'm going to use some help from Alicia Lockley on this one. Alicia Lockley is a spoken word artist who did a TED Talk called The Anatomy of Intimacy. She said when she hears the word intimacy, she thinks of falling and this feeling of self-unraveling that happens when you acknowledge a sanctuary within someone else and vice versa, which I thought was extremely beautiful. She goes deeply in how we need to show our vulnerability in order to share intimacy with someone, but she also beautifully put how when our vulnerability is taken advantage of, our natural instinct is to fight back or try to feel numb. And this is a defense mechanism that we all have. 
But the problem is when we all have it, it kind of creates this domino effect within our society where we say, because I've been so hurt, no one else from this point on deserves to become familiar with me. And Alicia continues to say, my will to remain undisturbed is a greater cost to work towards than finding the resilient peace to remain open regardless of whether or not my environment welcomes it. Damn. Like, I don't know. Even though this was written seven years ago, I think that this is still so relevant. I do feel that our world is striving to become less personal and more detached from everyone. Just, you know, there's a constant need of why you shouldn't talk to somebody. And every year, our technological world grows larger, but our intimacy with other people diminishes. Yet we all claim to be, quote, connected as ever. Which brings me to another thing that Alicia said in her TED Talk that I really loved. She said, There is a light inside each of us meant to be spread, and there are uncomfortable truths meant to be discovered, but we will never reach them if we are too afraid to fall. One of the beautiful elements of BDSM and kink is that you can fall. Safer, of course. You can fall apart how you want. You can create situations where you can break down in front of someone who you're not afraid of and then have that person catch you and vice versa. Google's definition of intimacy is close familiarity or friendship. Obviously, I like Alicia's version better, but while we're still on the Google definition, when I search it, under the similar section, it says an intimate act, especially sexual intercourse. Uh, you know, I really love how they had to add that dash of, you know, especially. But this is part of the problem. Relating the term intimacy back to sex all the time can be misleading since sexual intimacy isn't the only form of intimacy. There isn't an official or exact number of intimacy types from what I found. Some people say four, some people say 12. But overall, the six most common intimacy types goes as follows. Emotional, intellectual, spiritual, physical, experimental, and of course, sexual. I've included a link to a really good video outlining the six types of intimacy by psychotherapist Mary Jo Rapini. It's not long at all, but I'll give the point form now, starting with emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence means you feel safe to be vulnerable and to share what you're feeling and not get criticized or looked down upon. Emotional intelligence is the main glue for romantic couples. Intellectual intimacy is what you have when you share interests, ideas, and curiosities with someone who is receptive and excited for you. Spiritual intimacy happens when you and your partner are part of something bigger than yourselves. And I don't mean it in a religious context, but working on a big project or a creative expression can be considered spiritual as well. Spiritual intimacy can also happen if you witness some sort of crazy event together as well that caused a deep, profound impact on you. Physical intimacy means sharing a physical space and being affectionate towards another person. Physical intimacy includes hugging, holding hands, and holding your partner while they're doing the dishes, per se. Cute things. Physical intimacy doesn't mean sex. And fun fact, couples who are high on physical intimacy often fix their fights faster. Experimental intimacy is when you take the time to experience new things together. It can be small, like going to a new area of the city, or big, like taking a big trip abroad. It's not exactly what you do with your partner, but rather what you decide to do together without distraction. Then, of course, there's sexual intimacy. Sexual intimacy is the most intimate form of intimacy. 
Did you know that sexual intimacy enhances when all other intimacies are combined with it? Well, now you do. But when you're in a relationship, don't neglect the other types of intimacy. If you do, you're going to end up putting too much pressure on the sexual intimacy part of your relationship, which will only lead to stress and more pressure. You could end up in a situation where neither of you want to participate in sexual intimacy anymore, let alone the other intimacy types. And with your loved ones, make sure you're also paying attention to more than one intimacy type. But regardless, if you're in a relationship or on your own, intimacy is scary. More scary than most of us want to admit. I found a really good YouTube video from Psych2Go called 7 Signs You Have a Fear of Intimacy. Let's see if any of them resonate with you. Starting with the first one, you have a fear of abandonment. This often happens if you grew up with neglectful parents or have anxious avoidance styles. If you have this fear, you often think it's better to leave the people around you before you get left behind. So what happens is you struggle to let people in and adopt this idea that the only person you can ever count on is yourself, which in the end hurts your ability to build long-term commitments. Two, you're fiercely independent. Now, we know it's good to be independent, it's good to be competent, it's good to be self-sufficient. I get it. I used to pride myself on it, but I ended up being, quote, so fiercely independent that I wasn't able to ask for help when I needed it. Being fiercely independent can make us feel like we have control over our lives, but in reality, what ends up happening is we keep the people around us at arm's length, making us the emotionally distant ones. Three, you always fall for the wrong ones. Finding people who are unavailable, complicated, and emotionally distant are common characteristics people pick in others when they have a fear of intimacy. It's kind of like you're unconsciously pushing the good ones away, you know? Four, you tend to be flaky. The definition of flaky that the video gave means to be inconsistent in our behavior towards others. A question she asked is, after you spend quality time with your family and friends, do you stop calling them or talking to them for a few days? This behavior could show that having an honest emotional connection with someone scares you. So after you hang out with a person, you try to keep your distance and stop yourself from getting too attached since they have come too far into your comfort zone. Five, you're a perfectionist. Hey, if you're a perfectionist, chances are you have a hard time letting others see your flaws. You know, it's normal to want the people you love to think well of you, but you shouldn't try to be this perfect version of yourself all the time. First of all, that's just fucking exhausting. None of us are perfect, so in order to create true intimacy, you must let other people see your flaws. That's what makes a human connection so special. Six, you're a workaholic. Many people use their jobs as an excuse to avoid intimacy and confrontation for personal issues. So if you're a workaholic, ask yourself if this may be one of the reasons why. Seven, You self-sabotage your own relationships. People who sabotage their own relationships often aren't very good at communicating or expressing their feelings to others. And when they feel that someone's coming in too close, they can subconsciously or consciously do things to their partner knowing it will hurt them or upset them. This is a defense mechanism to push people away. But it's extremely destructive because it robs that person of the opportunity to have happy and stable functioning relationships. Many things can scare us of intimacy. Messy breakups, unhappy childhood experiences, and other various painful memories. 
But if any of these resonated with you and you can acknowledge that you may have a small fear of intimacy, you can work to restore the balance with it. You are human and humans need intimacy. We need it. We need it in all its different types. Which brings me to another reason why I love BDSM and kink so much and overall kinky sexual wellness. Because through these channels and platforms, you can get emotional, intellectual, spiritual, physical, experimental, and of course, sexual intimacy the way you want it. Again, BDSM and kink are healthy outlets for aggression, imagination, and attention. And we know that the type of attention and intimacy we receive has the power to heal or destroy us. But just make sure you're not the one accidentally closing yourself off. When we're on our own for so long or have been deeply hurt, It's very easy to slip into that I don't need another person, I can do everything myself mentality. But you deserve intimacy. We all do, and I'm not saying that you won't get hurt at some point. Being vulnerable and showing intimacy hurts sometimes. Showing your intimate size to people doesn't always work out the way you planned. But you have to find the strength to continue to be vulnerable and to show intimacy regardless. To be open is to be part of living a more emotionally fulfilling life. But let me know what you think. Are there intimacies that you're missing from your life? Do you wish that you had other intimacies in your life? Would you like to explore any particular type of intimacy? Leave a message for me in the comments. But if you're new here or to the BDSM and kink scene, I highly encourage you to check out my e-learning found at thepartition.life, where I make it easy to learn the basics of BDSM and kink and overall kinky sexual wellness. That's it for me. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week. And as always, stay kinky.